It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Eagles come back from 10 points down to beat Patrick Mahomes at Arrowhead. Who can claim they're better than Philly? Also, we heard Zach Wilson wasn't the problem with the Jets offense, but now he's getting benched. And the Timberwolves can keep this hot start going. We'll tell you why. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Eagles and the Chiefs squared off on Monday night football, trying to salvage what was... An otherwise pretty uninspiring week of NFL football. It was a Super Bowl rematch in Kansas City. The Chiefs were the favorites, and at 17-7, they seemed to be in control of the game. But the Philadelphia Eagles started to exert their will a little bit, some sloppy turnovers in the second half, and the Chiefs just didn't have the same sort of juice. We're used to seeing the Eagles pull out a 21-17 win to say, hey, look at us. We are the best team in the NFL right now. Gino Camilleri from Locked On Eagles joins me now. And Gino, this was a Philadelphia team that had not played, I think, super inspiring football to, to date, but they just keep winning. Uh, it, it feels like they needed this. I don't think they really did. But so what do you take away from this? Honestly, Pete, if you look at the landscape of the NFC, they needed this. Look at Detroit's right on their heels. San Francisco continues to win. Dallas got two more wins since that bye week game. And now you come into Arrowhead, one of the hardest places to play in an environment where it's torrential downpours. Mm. Nothing is going the Eagles' way. You have a miscommunication with A.J. Brown that turns into an interception. And the defense is just this little glimmer of hope all game that just got a couple of stops and held the Chiefs to a field goal now and then. They allowed them to score two touchdowns, which that's fantastic when it comes to defending Kansas City. But the Eagles offense, once again, they were down double digits. And once again, Jalen Hurts overcame a double-digit deficit on the road against Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You talk about the top two guys in the league. You just saw them. You just saw the best two quarterbacks in the NFL. NFL, you're welcome for getting all these eyes that are going to be viewed into that game. And on the replay of this game, I mean, that's a classic right there that you saw. Hats off to Kansas City. Andy Reid put together a great performance. Steve Spagnuolo as well. But this Eagles team, it just goes to show it's so much more than the X's and the O's because they got out coached. I mean, it's simple as that. You don't need to have a PhD in football to understand that. But winning and situational football are two things that go hand in hand, and the Eagles just know how to do it. They know how to put together great drives late in games to put together points. They can get turnovers when it matters, back the Chiefs up, get multiple drives where the Chiefs don't score points. When I say multiple, I mean an entire half of drives where the Chiefs don't score points. They pitched a shutout. They Mariano Rivera, one of the best offenses, one of the best quarterbacks of all time. 
look, I, I was just clearing out, letting you cook there, was, in, was enjoying all of that, but I have to push back a little because if Marquez Valdez-Scantling holds onto the ball with a minute 42 oh, left, absolutely. like we might be talking about a different situation. You have to get a little bit lucky here. At the same time, the Eagles went into Arrowhead and won a game where they only generate 238 yards of total offense because they held Pat Mahomes to a buck 77 on 43 attempts. That is less than four yards per pass. That is like Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Kenny Pickett level stuff. Just quickly, defensively, what did you see from Philadelphia that allowed them to be so effective? Aside from Jedi mind tricking MVS into making that drop at the end of the game. One will not catch the football. Yes. Marcus Valdez-Scantling will not catch the football. And it takes luck, Pete. I mean, 100%. The Eagles did some things in that game that were just downright disgusting. I mean, multiple stretches where you go run, run, designed quarterback run on third and 10 when your quarterback has a banged up knee. Yes, the Eagles did some things where they definitely shot themselves in the foot. And you have to get lucky. The, the refs called another horrific game. We know that. But what I learned tonight from the defense, I always had that question of, can they win a Super Bowl for you? Because if the offense isn't getting going like they have tonight, and that has been the case for, I would say, half of the season at this point, the defense is good enough. With a defensive line that as good as that front was last year and as special as that secondary was with the guy that's in Arizona right now, you finally have a coordinator that knows how to manipulate these guys on a chessboard to make even the best. Even Patrick Mahomes makes some throws tonight where you're like, that didn't seem like Patrick Mahomes. Like, why is he off on yep. this throw? And testament to Sean Desai and that defense for just continuing to hit home. Was it ugly in the first half? Absolutely. Were you set up in bad positions with special teams and the offense not giving you any breaks going back to back three and outs, getting you right back on the field? So what do you do in the second half? You say, you know what? If we're going to have to go win this thing, let's do it in a manner that nobody thought we could. Let's go pitch a shutout. Let's go do what we have to do to make this game not a repeat of February. What couldn't they do in February, Pete? They couldn't get Pat Mahomes off the field in that second half. They did it every single time. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Eagles on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, Zach Wilson is out and Tim Boyle is in for the Jets. Before we get to that, the Broncos lost a key defender for the next four games. We're into the second half of the NFL season and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also tons of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. Over in the NBA, the Hawks host the Pacers in a matchup of two Eastern Conference teams off to nice starts. FanDuel has the Hawk favored by three and a half points in this one. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays are a great way to watch sports. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Denver Broncos safety Kareem Jackson has been suspended without pay for four games for repeated violations of player safety rules. The result of his first tackle since he returned from his last suspension for dangerous hits. Jackson lowered his helmet and hit Minnesota quarterback Josh Dobbs less than two minutes into Sunday's 21-20 Broncos win. Jackson is a 14-year veteran in his fifth season with the Broncos. He got the suspension on Monday morning from NFL Vice President of Football Operations, John Runyon, a former NFL player himself. Runyon said in the letter, on the play in question, you lowered your head and delivered a forceful blow to the shoulder and head neck area of an opponent when you had time and space to avoid such contact. You could have made contact with your opponent within the rules, yet you chose not to. It is a choice he has made repeatedly and clearly has not learned from the punishments that he has been levied. Sean McVay confirmed the injury situation with two key offensive players, Cooper Cup and Kyron Williams. Cup is day-to-day with a sprained ankle, while Williams will return to the field Sunday. McVay said the goal for Cup is to play in Week 12 against the Arizona Cardinals and that there's a real possibility he could be available. McVay confirmed Williams will make his return against the Cardinals from an ankle injury that landed him on IR. Williams had amassed 456 yards and seven total touchdowns before the injury. In a court filing Monday, the New York Knicks said they're seeking more than $10 million in damages from the Toronto Raptors as part of a lawsuit alleging the theft of thousands of confidential files. The Knicks also argued the NBA commissioner Adam Silver shouldn't arbitrate the dispute in part because of his close relationship with Raptors governor Larry Tannenbaum. The Knicks filing came in response to the Raptors' October 6th motion to dismiss the Knicks' initial complaint and have Silver arbitrate the dispute. This is a lot of back and forth. In all of this, the Knicks argued Tannenbaum position as the chairman of the NBA's Board of Governors would create a conflict of interest. The Knicks are mad about something and they want their money. The St. Louis Cardinals are bringing back Lance Lynn for their starting rotation. That's right. Lance Lynn, the same guy that they had way back when. He's back. Uh, I'm a little bit in shock about the signing. Um, One year, plus an option. Guarantees $10 million in 2024, plus a $1 million buyout on the option. This is according to John Heyman's tweet, by the way. Could be worth about $26 million over two years with escalators. Started with the Cardinals, obviously. Lives nearby in southern Illinois. He's pending a physical on this deal, which is supposed to take place tomorrow. And I know that people like Lance Lynn. The the personality of Lance Lynn is great. 
he's always been an entertaining guy. We enjoyed him when he was with the Cardinals. Uh, bring some fire, which is great. I'm, I'm all for that. I think he's going to be an awesome personality in the clubhouse. My question about this is, what was the rush in signing him now? Here is another story you need to know. After falling to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, the New York Jets have fallen. Speaking of fallen to four and six, and they're behind the eight ball in the AFC. If they want to give Aaron Rodgers a chance to make history and come back sooner than we've ever seen anyone come back in the NFL, he claims, and it looks like Zach Wilson, no longer the answer in New York if he ever was. Tim Boyle is going to be starting this week for the New York Jets. John Butchko from Locked on Jets joins me now to try and explain to the audience, um, John, uh, who that is. Uh, he's a quarterback they brought in in the offseason. He's spent time, I think, in Green Bay, in Detroit. He was supposed to be the third-string quarterback. You know, the, the classic he-knows-the-system guy you bring in is like your number three quarterback. He actually played pretty well in the preseason against the Giants. He uh, came into the game on Sunday against Buffalo in the second half as the Jets benched Zach Wilson. Uh, look, I mean, this is this reminds me of the saying, desperate times call for desperate measures. Mm. Is Tim Boyle going to save the Jets season? Probably not. They just, just had to do something at quarterback. This offense was not producing, and it's not all Zach Wilson's fault. So Zach Wilson is a part of the failure, but... This is an offense where the line has been decimated by injuries. They don't really have much at receiver outside of Garrett Wilson. You know, Alan Lazard, who they signed from Green Bay, has been a major disappointment this year. After him, it gets very thin very fast. Uh, I don't think Nathaniel Hackett's doing a very good job as coordinator. But something big needed to change. And it's well, it's not all his fault. Zach Wilson is the quarterback of this team, and he hasn't been playing very well. And, I mean, this offense... I'll take you through their performance since week five. Week five against Denver, they had one touchdown. It was a Brees Hall 70-yard run for a touchdown. The next week against Philadelphia, they had one touchdown. It was a Brees Hall run on the first play of a series where the Eagles let them score because it was one of those late-game situations where they just could, just could have run the clock down and kicked the game-winning field goal. They had their bye week. The next, next game they played was against the Giants. They scored one touchdown. It was Brees Hall taking a 50-yard pass to the end zone. They then went two straight games without a touchdown against Buffalo. They scored one touchdown, and that drive required two first, two fourth down conversions, including a fake punt. This offense just isn't putting the ball in the end zone, and at some point you have to make a change for the sake of making a change, even if you don't really believe Tim Boyle's the answer. Maybe he can give you a spark the way Mike White does had for like one week the last couple of years. Yeah, and all of this with the backdrop of Aaron Rodgers, the reporting that he is targeting a return date uh, in 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 mid to late December, uh, we'll see exactly what that looks like. Um, I, I remain dubious. I think this all raises the question, though, John. You know, you see what's going on in Minnesota with Josh Dobbs. Um, the Browns bring in Joe Flacco, who has spent time in New York over the last few seasons. There were some options out there at the trade deadline. Why did why did New York stick with Zach Wilson instead of? trying to bring in, let's say, a Jacoby Brissett or some of these other veteran backups that potentially could have been uh, targets for them a couple weeks ago. You know, I'd even go back beyond the trade deadline. I never understood the plan, and this is not a second guess. This is something I said before the start of the season. You, I can pr produce the tapes from Locked On Jets. 
I just don't understand what the team's approach has been at backup quarterback because Zach Wilson being the backup was a bad idea from the outset. And it's almost to me, and you know, I guess I'm putting my conspiracy hat on, like they were afraid that people would question them because, hey, this is the number two pick and he's not even one of your top two quarterbacks. I think maybe they rolled the dice that it wouldn't come to that, that Aaron Rodgers would stay healthy. And I think it's come back to hurt them. Let me let me throw a conspiracy at you. Speaking of conspiracies, my conspiracy, and I don't think it's a conspiracy, is that the Jets didn't do anything essentially out of deference to Aaron Rodgers. This idea, oh, he can come back, he can come back. So they said, okay, well, we're not going to do the thing that would probably be smart, knowing he's probably not going to come back go and try and make a move. No, we don't want to upset the apple cart with Aaron Rodgers. What do you what do you think of that idea? You know, I can't say whether it's true or not, but what I will tell you is that this team has show, shown an extreme degree of deference to Aaron Rodgers since he has arrived. You know, they even before he arrived, uh, they hired Nathaniel Hackett. That was a move designed to try and help get Aaron Rodgers, convince him to come to the Jets. And they brought in Alan Lazard. They brought in Randall Cobb. Um, you know, they brought in Billy Turner. They brought in a lot of former Packers. So, you know, I don't think I'd be surprised if that was the case. And I'm, I'm with you. You know, last week on Sunday Night Football, they said Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, was running on the treadmill. He was putting 50% of his weight on his foot. I mean, I don't know. I mean, anything's possible. You know, recoveries happen, you know, at a faster rate than they used to. Modern medicine's amazing. But is the guy going to go from being able to put half of his weight on a foot to being if that's for being in condition to play an NFL game in seven, eight weeks, I mean, that seems like a lot to me. Stay up to date on the New York Jets by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Jets on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the T-Wolves have gotten off to a great start and there are signs it will continue. The Minnesota Timberwolves have the best record in the West. Now, it is crazy early, but Locked On Wolves host Ben Beacon tells Locked On NBA's Jackson Gatlin, that this will continue. I mentioned it right off the top. I mean, they had a tough schedule. Like they've beaten good teams. And I think that that feels a little better than like if they'd been beating up on, on you know, the Pistons and the Hornets. And, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, the other thing is nothing really jumps off the page is like this feels like an outlier, right? If anything, they have things that are going to that are going to improve like cats three point shooting um, it would be maybe first and foremost there. Um but like, I guess maybe the defense in general, the first eight, nine games was just so incredibly good. But you figure like that's sustainable because you have Rudy Gobert, you have Jade McDaniels, you have Anthony Edwards, who's proven to be a good on ball defender. So I, I don't know that there's anything where you're like, oh, small sample size. Everything kind of feels like the best case scenario of what we what everybody wanted it to be, what Tim Connolly thought he was putting together. And the other thing is Ant's only going to get better. Carl Anthony Towns is only going to you know, he missed a chunk of last year. He's just now entering his prime. Um, what we've seen from him for the last week and a half is what I think we'll see from him moving forward. So this season, at least, and like next off season and what happens when, you know, Cats Supermax kicks in, that's another question. But for the next, you know, 70-ish games and into the playoffs, hopefully, this is this feels very sustainable. And they've had some rest advantage games and they'll have some more back-to-backs as the season goes on. But in general... This has been a tough schedule. They've been, um, there's no crazy outlier performances to this point, really. Um, and, and it feels like their calling card is going to be a top three or four defense and hopefully a middle of the pack offense. That's the other thing is the offense is hovering around 20th in efficiency. So 
I don't think it's going to get worse. I mean, it was 23rd last year. Like it, it probably is only going to get better. And the defense is mostly sustainable too. So I think we're looking at legitimately one of the best three or four teams in the Western conference, if not a top two team in the West, when it's all said and done, I buy it. And I buy it for two reasons. Defense travels. It matters in the playoffs. We know that. And their defense They're figuring out how to use Rudy Gobert defensively. Everything is coming together defensively for them, in part because Anthony Edwards has taken that next step. It's not just at the end of the game, locking down Jason Tatum in in a moment that will create highlights and win a game. But Anthony Edwards taking that proverbial next step as a superstar player, someone who wants to, for a five-game stretch at the end, take every shot and make every play. It's not just about the shot. It's about finding the right man. It's about getting a key rebound. It's about taking the defensive challenge. His evolution means that he is moving into, he's not there yet, but moving into that space where you go, okay, if you have this guy, you are a legit bona fide contender. They have a roster that is starting to make more sense than it did a year ago with the way that they're playing. And with Anthony Edwards taking that step and the defense looking the way that it does, that is a formula that works, especially while the rest of the West is trying to figure out their own identities with the Lakers dealing with injury issues and age problems. The Nuggets have their own injury issues to deal with. The Warriors do not look as consistent as we've seen the Warriors, even non-KD crazy, we know they're better than everyone else Warriors. Why not the Wolves with the way that they're playing? And it's a way that they can sustain not just the rest of the season, but in the postseason as well. And finally, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and Chase Utley headline the list of newcomers to the 26th Player Baseball Writers Association of America Hall of Fame ballot. Players must receive 75% of the vote to gain induction into the Hall of Fame with the top holdover from last year's vote, Todd Helton, 72%, just just under the threshold. Beltre should be a lock as a first-year candidate after finishing with over 3,100 hits in his career and 477 home runs. Only Mike Schmidt and Eddie Matthews have more wins above replacement at third place in their career than Beltre. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe for the first ever national 24-7 streaming sports channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, who's leading the way for NFL MVP? So at least until tomorrow... Stay locked on sports today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.